0: into the Dream
1: Factory. A warm,
0: cozy, and extremely lovely place where only the most visceral nightmares and pleasure-driven musings of its residents are mercilessly extracted and sold for the pure enjoyment of others. The Dream Factory, a new novel by Mark Marcus. Now available on your Apple device, Kindle, and on Amazon.com. Go to Candleshorepublishing.com forward slash dreamfactory. If you think we're living in an unstable world, well, just listen to this. Only 1% of our Earth is solid rock. Most of the other 99% is an oozing mass churning beneath our feet like road tar at temperatures between 2,000 and 10,000 degrees. The Earth's crust is only 20 miles thick. When that cracks, one of the greatest forces in nature erupts. There are 1,500 active volcanoes, and earlier this year, we first told you about three. One that caused the most recent mass disruption, another that's the biggest threat to a major city, and a third in the United States that could wreak havoc all around the world. The first, the disruptive volcano, has a name as long and as hard as the trouble it caused. Æjáflátlájök means island mountain glacier in the inscrutable language of Iceland. When it blew in 2010, we started shooting this story, and we came to the right place. Over the last 500 years, Iceland's 30 volcanoes have released one-third of all of the lava on Earth. We put together an expedition to be the first to reach the summit after the eruption. The volcanic landscape covered in ice isn't hospitable to life, or convoys for that matter. The man in front of the truck is pointing out cracks in the glacier that would swallow us whole. We covered miles of forbidding terrain at walking speed.
1: We're almost at the highest point.
0: When the trucks could go no further, we hiked with our guide, one of the world's leading authorities on volcanoes, Heralder Wow. That is astounding.
1: Oh, look at that. Oh, my God. Incredible. What a sight. Looking right into the crater.
0: Scientists rate volcanic eruptions on a scale of zero to eight. This
1: is a four, which they call cataclysmic. Tell me what you're seeing. It's an explosive eruption and explosions are producing big clouds of ash that are moving up, up straight up into the atmosphere at a velocity of a few hundred feet per second and throwing out huge rocks. How big are these pieces that we see flying? Some of these are the size of cars. And how high are they going up? Must be a 1,000 feet. Oh, at least a 1,000 feet, uh, but they're still red hot. They're maybe 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit.
0: What's causing these stupendous explosions that we're hearing?
1: Well, the big booms that we're hearing are huge gas bubbles in the magma that are popping open. They may be a 100 feet in diameter, and when they get closer to the surface, uh, the pressure inside these gas bubbles is so great that they blow off the magma uh, that is ahead of them, and then they release the gas, and that's a big sonic boom. Look at the Earth just erupting up into the sky.
0: Unbelievable. This is a great place to explain exactly where volcanoes happen on the Earth. The crust of the Earth, of course, is fractured like a broken mirror, and it's fractured into about 15 major plates called tectonic plates. Volcanoes happen all around the edges where the Earth's crust is fractured. And here in Iceland, a major line runs right through the middle of the island, and the two plates are breaking apart. And that's exactly what you see happening behind me. No, no, you don't see anything happening behind you. What ruined our view was steam. It was exploding everywhere that the lava hit the ice. The ancient glacier was melting in a flash flood, carving canyons into the mountain. The thermal shock also lofted a fine black ash that covered farms for miles. They call it ash, but it really feels like sand. In Iceland, volunteers come out from the cities to help farmers dig out. These were bankers who brought their shovels from the capital Reykjavik. It was this ash that made Eyjafjallajökull the most disruptive eruption in years. The ash billowed up nearly 33,000 feet and drifted a thousand miles over Europe. 100,000 flights were cancelled, 10 million people were stranded for a week. Still, volcanologist Haraldur Sigurdsson told us that kind of trouble is nothing compared to eruptions
1: elsewhere in the recent past. The best example of that occurred in 1815 when there was an eruption in Tambora volcano in Indonesia. A big explosive eruption sent out an ash cloud up to about 30 miles and it dispersed very widely, and uh, uh, also a lot of sulfur came out of this volcano, and that led to uh, global cooling, and we produced what is known as the year without a summer in, uh, in New England, in North America. The year without a summer? The year without a summer, in 1816. Because of this one volcanic eruption. On the other side of the earth. And that type of event will occur again. Uh, that uh, eruption also led to big migrations out of Central Europe into Russia, Uh, and and great disturbances worldwide. Which volcano on Earth, would you say, is most dangerous to people? It's the volcano where there's a very large population uh, adjacent to it and on it, and that's Vesuvius in Italy. Vesuvius is our
0: second stop, and you might think that if anyone knew better than to live by a volcano, it would be the people around the most infamous mountain of all time. But today in southern Italy, a metropolis spreads within striking distance of Vesuvius. Nobody wants to believe that the area that they live in uh, could kill them. We went for a look up close with American volcanologist Mike Sheridan. He flew over the cinder cone on the helicopters of the Guardia di Finanza, a police force that helps keep watch over the mountain. Vesuvius is Sheridan's life's work. And he has warned the government that it can't count on evacuating the number of people in harm's way. And what is that number? Well, it depends on the type of explosion. If there's one like the uh, last big eruption that occurred in 1631, there would be about 600,000 people. But if it is an eruption like the 2,000-year-ago eruption that that destroyed Pompeii, the number could be up to 3.5 million. Pompeii, as it was August 24th, 79 A.D., the moment it was preserved under more than 10 feet of ash and rock. The boulevards, the homes, the mosaics are the volcano's contribution to history. Round here, they do a lively business in the dead. Citizens of Pompeii are frozen in timeless agony. About 16,000 were killed sculpted where they fell. Scientists have a good idea of what these people saw after studying the evidence of what remains. Witnesses described the mountain rumbling for days before it launched a column of ash and rock 12 miles high, which fell back as hell on earth. The wind came shooting down the sides of the mountain at more than 200 miles an hour. The air temperature was about 900 degrees. And the ash that fell throughout the region left this part of Italy uninhabitable for 300 years. Today, from this control room, volcanologist Giuseppe Mastro Lorenzo monitors the instruments that will provide Italy's early warning. He showed us those three and a half million people that crowd all around the cinder cone of the mountain. One day, it may be up to him to sound the alarm. How much time will you have?
1: Uh, probably just a few days. We can just hope that we will have weeks or months, but we cannot make a contract with a volcano.
0: So your friends say, look, it hasn't erupted in hundreds of years,
1: and you must say, that's the problem. That's the problem. I'm trying to convince the people that this quiet mountain uh, can be a killer.
0: At the base of the quiet mountain, the peaceful piazza of Torre del Greco is wiped out on average about once every 100 years, give or take. The bell towers survived the eruption of 1794, and today old men rest their feet on rock-solid evidence of what's coming next. Michael Sheridan told us that Vesuvius has a very long life ahead of it. This pattern is complex. It has different personalities. And the last personality was rather benign, but it's got some mean personalities uh, down there that we don't want to experience in our lifetime. There are bigger personalities among volcanoes, which scientists call super-volcanoes. Remember our eruption in Iceland was a four on a scale of eight? Well, an eight would change life on Earth. Haralder Sigurdsson told us there is a name for one of the places where that is likely to happen. It's called Yellowstone National Park, our third volcano. Old Faithful is here for a reason. In the northwest corner of Wyoming, the caldera is about 50 miles wide, so big that you can't see it from the ground. Below is what science
1: calls a hot spot, where a vast plume of magma has pushed into the crust. The floor of the volcano is, uh, is breathing like an animal. It's rising and, and, uh, and moving up and down because magma inside the volcano. What's the history of eruption of the hot spot in Yellowstone? Uh, the last eruption was about 400,000 years ago, the last big one. Uh, that was a devastating, uh, explosive eruption. The Yellowstone-size eruption will occur. Of course, we have no idea when. Uh, it's being monitored very, very closely, so there's no, no chance of it uh, occurring without any warning. But it's a, it's a devastating event.
0: Devastating to aviation, communications and agriculture, volcanoes can change the course of history. Never before, have so many people lived within striking distance, 200 million worldwide. Science is good at warning of eruptions that are weeks away, but beyond that, it's impossible to predict which one is next, or how big it will be.